0: All right, Matthew, welcome to episode 91 of the Performance Advantage podcast, where we bring sports science to the people with myself, Dr. Will O'Connor, and Dr. Matt Miller. We are both PhD sports scientists with oodles of experience in the world of applied sports science. We make training plans, we coach athletes, we educate coaches, and we research. Uh, All of it is to bring sports science to the people and that's why we created this podcast so on episode 91 we're doing training phases specifically the five training phases you need to nail your periodization now this like a lot of our episodes actually have been distilled down into an amazing course Matthew yeah this is from what was it called
1: using sports science to train more effectively I think master we should have, like, yeah, our master class. It was, it was when we anticipated only having one course ever. <laughs> and so, but this this one was really good. So this, we had six modules in that one. And then one module is just dedicated to periodization. And this is how we started it. So obviously, like, we spent a lot of time talking about this periodization thing. And this is
0: our, our uh, the phases that we used. Right, so... We did this because we got a lot of really good feedback from last week's episode, which was the six steps to planning your training in 2022. And that was like setting you all up with the, the training side of things. But now, I mean, periodization, Matt, super important. So we wanted to, to get into the phases. And what Matt and I use uh, on the fundamental level is like these five phases in like in a cyclic manner. So just to get straight into them, we've got the base phase, the vent-specific phase, taper, race, and recovery. Which is most important, Matt?
1: Um, I'm looking at them in this nice little wheel that we have, uh, which is most important. You know, I, I got to say, well, um, I'm being thrown for a loop at the moment because we're recording video. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I have to look at my other screen to like, because normally we don't have notes. But this time, since it was in our course, we have notes, which is cool. But it's going to be on video. Everyone's going to see me looking up, down, up, down. So Spotify is doing this new thing where you can upload a video to Spotify, which I had no idea Spotify had that. But we're getting like, I don't know, I guess maybe we're a little bit special. (laughs) <laughs> pre a pre-release into like Spotify video for a podcast. Yeah, so everyone's watching and I feel the pressure.
0: Yeah, I don't know if everyone will be watching. I think most people are going to I don't, stick I don't to think it, I, but...
1: I don't think anyone's going to be watching. And to be honest, I don't really feel the pressure cuz we've done like a zillion of these. But um you know, we used to put them directly to YouTube and YouTube like doesn't care about a podcast style video. So they basically show it to no one yeah right should. so i'm wondering like what is spotify actually going to do here are they going to show it to people or what like what are they trying but to no do? one's going on spotify to watch videos yeah but no one used to go on youtube to watch like tiktoks <laughs> and now the youtube do. shorts yeah. yeah yeah so yeah who knows That's true um Yeah, so I'm looking at my screen anyway. So if you're watching video,
0: you can see me looking at trying to decide which is most important. But you can't screen share. Like, it's just us talking. Yeah. But some people enjoy that, so
1: hello. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know which is more important, though. Base, event-specific, taper, race, recovery. I think some people listening are going to be like, "Mm, what the heck are those? Because they're going to have, like, different words. You know, like... true. I remember reading Joe Friel's training Bible, the mountain biker's training Bible. My dog actually ate it. So like <laughs> I like only had maybe half of it and it didn't have a cover, but he called them something different. There was like base one, base two, base three. Yeah. Like foundation,
0: build. Yeah. like all these different kind of ones. Yeah. And they all yeah. kind of like, it's, it's tough to like, I
1: wish there was like a set name that everyone used it. maybe there isn't we just invented oh them you mean ones. like training zones <laughs> yeah well there's definitely no consensus on training zones
0: yeah which yeah. is a bummer because they're like easily could be well do you know something so training peaks does um like you can select which training zone system you want to use yeah you know like joe feels running or heart rate or andy Coggan. you know like there's all these different ones and so i saw a um someone else they just had like one running power one which is uh jim vance's one and then they also had like a default one which is just andy coggins one for cycling and didn't really apply because it's just the way the the two systems measurement systems oh so you can't use like you can't use the andy coggins one for running i think they i'm not sure if they removed it they had it initially because they're like running power no one cares like just use cycling (laughs) stuff (laughs) and uh now they've got um yeah they've got the strides five zone system and they've got another one in there and uh so there's like three different ones you can choose from and i thought well like i'm i'm one of the running power guys you know maybe i should have my own zone system so that i at least stand out because yeah. at the moment i use jim vance's zones because i think they're just the most readily like applicable to everybody um and he's he's got seven zones and but i'm using Jim Vances and I'm Will O'Connor right, right I, i'm like advertising for him every time i use the system so. <laughs> it's like thank you will yeah but <laughs> like in my book that i'm putting together like i i reference his training zone system because actually what was i going to change i was going to honestly it'd just be around his zone 4 is a lot larger than i'd recommend but what, I'm well, I'm gonna then change two percent. No, you no. gotta, you gotta, because
1: if you go into Training Peaks right now and you work with an athlete and you set their zones, you have so many choices for cycling power. Yeah, so why not have your
0: own? Uh, consensus. It's like, like how much different are you gonna make? Because I wanted to increase zone three from ninety four to ninety six percent. Oh, it is ninety six percent. Sorry.
1: I don't know. Um, We we went over, first off, seven zones is just, that's a lot. I think it's appropriate. You think it's appropriate? Yeah.
0: One, two, three, four. Okay. Which is like. So now you've got threshold. Now you're going above threshold. So you're going VO2 max. Yeah. Yeah. And then above that, you need like super high intensity or velocity at VO2 max. And then you need neuromuscular. Now, I'm not necessarily prescribing something in zone seven or even really zone six. I'm not like, because it's hard, right? It's so hard. It's like 120% beyond or 115% beyond. But what I do like to do is look at that retroactively to see if when they were doing their sprints, they were actually reaching zone seven or if across a week or a month, what is their time in zone seven? Yeah, that's a good point. I
1: have a problem prescribing like zone six stuff especially like on Zwift because someone
0: can't maintain it then they have to stop the interval right? I know build it workout, really, it's it kind of really annoying. annoying some of those workouts on Zwift are outrageous like the em- actual Zwift ones um or well, the ones people have written yeah like fours like um my wife Emma was doing one the other day she's, she's wait she's doing Zwift in summer you know, it was raining all week. Oh, uh, it yeah, we had a lot. Of, wow, that yeah. was a lot of rain. And the forest yeah. is just like a lot of surface water. I even went like, running. Yeah, you did <laughs> that, a couple times. That's how much rain we had. Uh, so she jumped on. And I was like, "Do this one; it doesn't look too bad." But they're just they're set such high, such high percentages for such long times. And she is as trained as anyone on Zwift is going to be, bar. The pros but even she got invited to race in a pro team like she was a professional cyclist like she won the you know the series that we had here in new zealand like you know she can if anyone's gonna do it yeah she's gonna do it but actually what i have seen is that the, the the fitter you are the higher you know the higher relative your ftp is to actually like it's there's a a large differentiation between say your like everyday zone 2 pace and your ftp whereas like the further down the fitness levels you get the differentiation becomes not as large so you can you can hit ftp for really long because it's not actually because you've you don't really have a large anaerobic capacity anyway so your ftp is probably like lower yeah but you should be able to maintain ftp anyway but if you're talking like going
1: over FTP, you're—that's actually a really good point. Like, if your threshold is 400 watts, and you have to exercise for 30 seconds at 200 percent, oh, that doesn't. Okay, that doesn't sound so bad. We'll we'll have to
0: rethink <laughs> of this. We'll have to rethink this. But and, it's more. It's more. Um. The, so she was doing. A, it was a long ride. Yeah. Yeah. And so they had like one hour at Zone Three again, like pretty challenging not outrageous and then into like these zone five three minute efforts and you're like this is on paper this doesn't look too bad you know zone three for an hour yeah, cool pretty challenging not too bad but then you also have no convective cooling you've only got a fan you have no like you're on the power the whole entire time All right there's no hills there's no corners no traffic lights there's no coffee shops and then you're straight into a dialed one hundred and five percent of your threshold power. Four five minutes. It's not for. it's not into you know, it's well not five, it's like three minutes say. But um yeah, again, you you had the one minute rest. You didn't get a minute and a half 'cause you know, you you want to turn around or like just Put your cleat and, you know, tighten your shoe or have a drink or whatever. Like, it was on. Saw squirrel. (laughs) It's just like, and then you're, you're, the problem, and then you're cooked. Absolutely cooked. Because you weren't ready for 105. Maybe today it was 100 Yeah,
1: but she's not training for those events anyway. Maybe she shouldn't be doing, like, VO2 efforts. That's just, like, comes down to, like, how she's trained at the moment.
0: Because 105%, you know, like, that's doable. Yeah, I mean, I like I I can't remember the exact workout, but go on and have a look at...
1: Yeah, no, I I know what you're talking about. There are some really hard ones, and you don't get a rest. We'll we'll have to do an episode just on Zwift.
0: No, just on intervals. Yeah,
1: we do talk about easy... We keep saying, like, oh, we need to do an episode on our favorite interval session. Otherwise,
0: people are going to think we don't like intervals. No, we kind of did that, but I think more just, like, with the introduction of structured workouts... That's sent through to your device from like Training Peaks or some of these other platforms, and especially like now Zwift, that people just aren't resting enough. They really sit. They think like sixty percent of your power or pace or whatever is like pretty low, but it's not. Like especially if it's constant and you know, you don't get to free wheel or anything like that. Like I think yeah. it's more appropriate. Um, on this, there's a secret lip release for everybody because the embargo just got lifted, lifted last week for me for talking about this Coros training platform. Oh. So if you follow me on social media, actually, please follow me on <laughs> on Instagram. Please because... follow us. <laughs> <laughs> I know that sounds desperate. But like, I have like 1,200 followers. I know way more people listen to this podcast than that. And it's like, <laughs> it's not fair. It makes it... <laughs> Anyway, doc, at Dr. Will O'Connor. <laughs> I mean, don't forget about me
1: while you're at it, actually.
0: Yeah, but you have like three times the amount of followers I do. So.
1: Instagram's funny. Like, because you look at people with a lot of followers and you're like, wow, they must be the most dialed, smartest, like best content person out there. Like, no, mine's better. Like, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> it's like, how come I can't cut through the noise? Oh, mm. The algo. But, but the good thing about podcasts is they don't have an algo, right? Like you want it, you listen to it, yeah, and, and you that, share it, yeah. And our podcast it speaks for itself, so um, that's that's a platform I want to exist on.
0: <laughs> Spotify, video, check yeah. it out. Uh, Coros is a watch manufacturer, um, a GPS, and they have power integrated within their watch. And they reached out to me and said, "Like, you're running power guy, we'll send you a couple watches." can you check them out run it against stride tell us what you think like like no um kind of uh, obligation like we're not you're not an ambassador there's no signed deal just have these tell us what you think kind of thing share whatever you want but then they also were releasing this um training platform kind of like training peaks they said give us your feedback on that but then i wasn't allowed saying anything about that can now they have this um structured workout builder Matt, i haven't even told you about this that you can set power pace heart rate and maybe something else was the other one um you did tell me about that
1: oh, but, okay. uh, yeah i don't i didn't
0: tell anybody but you can like but... within a work that's awesome so now i can say look you need to run at this power or this pace you and you can do it that's on cool. your bike and then you can say you can't start the next workout until your heart rate hits one hundred and twenty. Yeah, like goes below one hundred and twenty. That's it's- pretty. That's really good. And I have like problems, especially sometimes.
1: Mountain bikers want a power meter on one bike or something. So it's like, well, how do I make their plan? Is it power based plan or is it heart rate based plan? Right? Or yeah, you know, yeah, so that's yeah. cool.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, to be able to. Uh, merge them together is yeah makes is, sense is, uh, it's
1: contingency based though it sounds like what this is so you can't start it until
0: your heart rate is this well that might be even better yeah my be i didn't actually test that part out none of them are ever like you can't do this you know it's not like your workout stops if you can't reach this power output or swift is like that i'll tell you that <laughs> if you can't maintain <laughs> 120 down, you, eh? yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. That's hard. It's yeah. That's a hard one. With the sprints, you're trying to set sprints, and you're like, go hard, but then yeah. for some people, like you know, you've got 15 seconds to sprint. And oh, right. So this is why smart. we started talking about it
1: is because um, if you set like zone seven on Swift, if you can't maintain it, you have to stop, which means you can't do it. So that we're talking about zones, but yeah, we'll have to redo like a podcast on zones. <sighs> like compete against ourselves because it's been so popular.
0: <laughs> so, okay. Uh, okay. So
1: you had a, a really good feedback from, from a Steve. Yeah. Can, so, can you read that? Cause we actually had a lot of good feedback on those last
0: few episodes. Steve. Um, if you've been listening to us for a while, Steve is our hypothetical athlete. Yeah. He's, he's Steve. And so this guy messaged me and said, Hey, well, as a steve i appreciate all the free plans and podcast reference reference mentions thanks mate uh really appreciate the the quality content you both produce it's refreshing to see here content backed up with data and science as opposed to the usual youtuber morons his words not mine merry christmas to you and your family stay safe mate cheers steve sweet that's cool
1: um we're, so, in memory of Steve,
0: um, <laughs> with respect to Steve, we're gonna like use Steve. Steve, for mate, he goes for your um training phases. Actually, yeah. Steve's, um, I didn't read the whole thing. It was a bit of a long message, but he uh he is training for um a don't ultra. say anything that's gonna give away who the Steve is though. Right, <laughs> he's training for an ultra. Cool, and he wants three to four days a week. That is every Steve. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. um Okay. So, so okay, what we so, have? All right. Five, so we know what we're working six. with. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. Five. We can use anyone as well. Like any others. Steve might also want to do mountain biking. But you got base phase, Matt, which is, well, it's cyclic because, listening to this, you could be anywhere right now. If you're in the northern hemisphere, you're probably not really racing because like, it's snowing. Cycle cross, Joe um southern hemisphere your this is it this is race season it's beginning um and so these these phases are cyclic so So what do you mean by cyclic
1: this is just like the pap training theory that we talked about last time
0: (laughs) pas oh it goes goes around in a circle like a wheel so you can jump in at any point
1: So you could jump in. I mean, you wouldn't just jump into recovery and be like, oh,
0: yeah. You would. I'm getting off the couch and going to do recovery. No, but you could be listening to this and being like, I've just finished my race. Yeah. yeah, So I'm going to recover. I'm not going to get into taper. Can we talk about that one last? We'll start at base. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what we have on this diagram. Because that is like the start of it, actually. Okay. Base. Okay. Go. Does base differ for you? For anyone, Yep. Mm. totally. And Huawei. Um. Well, what's your we, goal? Well, I don't know.
1: The, are no, we not talking about... your goal? What's the goal of base for you? Oh well, it depends. Because like, uh, there, especially like with a lot of mountain bikers, we run into some issues where when we get to the really hard stuff, which you obviously need a lot of rest for, um. They can't spend as much time on their mountain bikes, right? Makes sense. But they also can't spend a lot of time on their mountain bikes in base season Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because it's like the trails are snowing. Yeah. So we end up like potentially doing more intensity in the base season. Ah. Because we're going to have to spend a lot, do, well, because we need bike time. So we have to do more volume later. Yeah. Because we need to be on the bike, but we need to be prepared for that. So it does like kind of change. But, like, like, base season to me means, I don't know, there's just not one <laughs> size fits all. But generally, we're, like, really focused on aerobic development. Yeah. Because you need to spend more time
0: working on it. Generally, what I'll do is for running and triathlon, like, you just, you do your aerobic stuff and then i'll target a specific weakness but not intensely so if leg speed or just absolute speed or high power output sprintability on the bike or swim starts or something is is a challenge for an athlete we just incorporate that stuff but it's you know it's um downhill strides it's it's maybe some uphill sprints and just but like you're doing it and you've got like a minute rest. Or it's, it's not like we're trying to target the development of a specific energy system. And then depending on how long the base phase is, for me it's during like three months, like to look at. I'm going to start preparing for the next phase, which is the event-specific phase. So if someone's doing a marathon, a road marathon, then they're going to be doing some long runs on the road. And depending on their fitness level <clears throat> experience, they might be starting to incorporate some zone three stuff just near the end of those long runs. Um, Now, Steve, this real Steve is, uh, he's doing an ultra, right? So uh, let's just assume it's going to be over 10 hours. So he's got to get conditioned. (sighs) Yeah. To, um, because if we event specific for me is probably eight to 12 weeks. So now you've already got a, a six month plan you got you got three months to build up you got pretty much two two months to three months to get ready and then you've got depending on the event um a month to taper and we'll talk about like why i've said a month there as opposed to the normal but um what people would consider to be like a week or two but yeah so the that base phase is like the fundamental is going to be consistency and an appropriate like volume to allow for recovery and adaptation yeah yeah i would i would totally agree with that
1: like you're focused really on consistency right like you're getting out there you're not thrashing yourself all the time right because it, once you start thrashing yourself yeah you need some time off right yeah so we we're re- usually really careful in the base period that we're not like totally dead from doing like mad sprints. Um, I remember like when I was like reading all these blogs, cause blogs were cool when I was coming up through race. Are they cool anymore? Like blog um, spots? Blogger. Maybe not
0: like personal one, yeah. you know, like how we write articles. Yeah. Kind of. I think maybe more like that. Okay. Well, people feature on, you know, like cycling tips will have, such and such writes about stage four of the tour de france yeah so they're more like that now it's not like and everyone's a youtuber (laughs) well everyone like tells their stories now on like instagram Mm,
1: but before instagram existed you told your story on a blog right so i used to get these training tips from people tips if you will on their (laughs) blogs and i remember like some of these like really good racers They would never get their heart rate above, like, 150 beats per minute for, like, all of the winter. And that was what bass meant for them. And that meant, like, endless miles out on the road with frozen water bottles and things like that. And, like, if you weren't doing that, like, you weren't doing bass. And I kind of followed that as well, Um, which is, like, I, I guess I tried to, but I often went, like, too hard. Uh, or like way too long or something um but yeah like that was what base meant for me and like you get a really good opportunity to focus on aerobic development which is great but i think like trying to make sure you like never get into the big chain ring for example which is what a lot of people did it's like well maybe you can do a bit better than that and not have to spend like 40 hours riding in the dark
0: (laughs) well i have uh this folder of like unfinished blogs i guess (laughs) articles and one of them is you're not a pro so stop trying to train like one yeah and i was just trying to figure out a word it so i didn't come across like i was putting people down but what gets published is not steve's three to four days a week sub four hour marathon training tips (laughs) yeah you know it's it's dr willow connor's you know, top 10 Tatawara finish banger sessions or like NFTs. <laughs> um, It's, it's who name, name the, the pro you follow and then insert their biggest week that they never completed. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what we look at and we go, well, you know, if they're doing 30 hours a week and this many sessions and I'm nowhere near that, I should at least try to get, you know whatever I should at least get some of those sessions done um and and then we end up just being like doing stuff that's non-specific to to us and while yeah when when you can recover for as as long as you want and you can ride for as long as you want you can instill a large amount of fatigue and get the recovery from riding for endless hours but when you have work in a family, you're just tired. Yeah, well remember
1: when Kevin Van Hoovels came on, who he was like top ten at the Olympics. Yeah. Uh in mountain biking. He was training fifteen hours a week. He said, sometimes more, sometimes less, fifteen hours. That's what I was training. And that's for like that was when mountain biking was like two and a half hours long
0: or something. Yeah, and he said he didn't change his training really. He did a little bit more, little little bit, but he just didn't have to work. Yeah. So
1: he had more time to recover, right? So, yeah. So, okay. So with Steve's base training then, like, what's what's he going to focus on? Uh, getting that long run up. Okay. So, like, he's going to, say, have a long run on the weekend or something. Like, his one long run per week, and he's going to gradually increase the duration
0: of that every week. Yeah. That kind yeah. Of thing? So it's... um. Yeah, you gotta you gotta look at time availability, just one thing. Like we're getting back into like the planning, the training now. The yeah, six that was that was last week planning training. But yeah, you just you're trying to increase that amount he can run in a single go without it like hurting. Cool. Yeah, that's what you I like do? it. Yeah, so
1: you're like in a way like the point of base training is to increase your overall resilience. Your overall yeah. conditioning, yeah, yeah, right. So whether that means you need to go hard sometimes, or you need to go easy all the time, it's going to depend on who the person is and what they actually need. Yeah, right. So you're building your resilience. So with with the example of the mountain bikers that I'm talking about that need more trail time, so like an, a gravity specific, they're building their resilience in the winter to be able to actually head out and hit the trails a lot because that's going to be really demanding on their upper body. On their on their legs as well, and aerobically. So we sp- we're spending more time in the gym. We're spending uh, time going hard because we know when we get to the trails, it's going to be hard too. So we're conditioning them for that,
0: which is more event specific. So then, event specific is what we termed the next phase, and this is where huge differentiation happens between between the the events that you're you're training for, like in the base phase. Depending on who you are, a marathon runner, an ultra runner, a 5K, 10K, half marathon runner, they could all do the exact same thing. like Very similar. Ultra marathon, we're probably going to go a bit longer. And the other ones, we're probably going to do like a little bit more intense for that long run. But if everyone was just doing, not just, but everyone's doing three hours at the weekend, that's fine too because we're all getting the fundamentals that we need to lead into if we do quote unquote real training in the event specific phase so here we're targeting one the event the specificity of that event because sure it may be ultra and this is going to be a podcast in itself but what kind of ultra are you doing you know like where are you doing it and what's the what are the conditions going to be like because some are going to be running running and some are going to be like run hiking, yeah. Right. And and some are going to be overnight, and some are going to be at altitude, and some are going to be like yeah, massive elevation technical. There's all of these yeah. things. Some of them are going to be like you're going to have to carry a lot of compulsory gear, whereas others are going to be like loops on an athletics track.
1: Yeah, I know why you're bringing this up, and that's because what because what Emma's training for, which is like a five day race, right? minimum five days. But like that doesn't mean she's training. For five days straight right (laughs) she's like training like you would for a normal ultra in a way obviously doing like different kind of exercising because Mm. she can't run for five days straight it's going to be a walk yeah at a fast pace with a bag yeah so yeah it in that case like you're talking ultra my ultra is five days here's what i'm actually going to be doing in it and the ultras you're doing like when you did that one around the track
0: where you almost died was that a different one that you almost died? It was two. Oh. So, so. now I was probably pretty far away from dying. It was oh. heat exhaustion, you know? Like, that's uh. pretty safe. That's not safe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is not safe. Well, like,
0: I passed out and then cooled down and I felt better. Whereas at Tatawera, I like was still throwing up three hours afterwards. Okay. Well, neither one sounds good
1: to me but
0: we spoke about both <laughs> them
1: to scroll back through our episode list. Yeah. So when, when you were um, running, doing an ultra around a
0: track, that was a lot different than what Emma is preparing for, which is five days. Of- well, it's even a lot different from my other ultras on the trail, right? Cause I had, I didn't have to have a pack, right? I didn't have oh, to carry yeah. anything. I could have access to it every 400 meters, everything I needed. Uh, and, but I had to run constantly, consistently, like in the same plane of motion. Like See, it was, sounds like a, a bad idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so when you're doing yeah. event specific, because we're talking Steve is like probably going to go 10 hours. Steve's not going to train for 10 hours, just like you weren't training for 24 hours and Emma's now training for five days. Hmm. So if Steve's got like, Steve's thinking, okay, I'm going to be running on trails, right? Because it's going to be a trail ultra, I'm guessing, because I don't know why anyone else would put themselves through running on a track for 24 hours. Steve's thinking, okay, now I guess I got to run for
0: 10 hours, right? Is that is that what Steve's going to do? Um, well, he may, he's... Um... Like an avid fan of our podcast so he's probably figured out that's not the best idea <laughs> uh and but no you can't okay so i mean yeah five hours pretty pretty manageable for most people and i say that from someone who can run the whole five hours to someone who's going to walk or hike for five hours both those people through my experience are able to handle that duration in time and they can get bang for buck and development and conditioning out of it. When we start to go, or let's say we did 10 hours, you're wrecked. 10 hours yeah. is oh, yeah. essentially your whole day. And you've just eliminated your, what if you, you've just got tired <laughs> Yeah, and increased your risk of injury drastically without reward. So, so we're looking for that. We're looking for two things. One is your actual conditioning, training, development, and then the other is we're looking for, ident, like identifying your limits to develop a pacing strategy. Okay, so where um, Steve is, like he can run. He's he's reasonable runner right, so uh, let's say he's he's doing 100Ks, not 10 hours, that's that's rapid, um, 12 hours, that's like your your top-end 100K age group runner, right, Um, someone who can run probably like a four-hour, sub-four-hour marathon kind of thing, which is is quick, Um, it's above average, I'd say, so, so, what I do is I go look here. You need to run for five hours because you're going to have to run for twice that at least. And then you can look at how they fall apart <laughs> across that fight. Five- what happens? Okay, so you got the development, you got the conditioning, and then you got like the mental uh, exposure to to being out on the trails that long, and you got all like the the peripheral. Um, experience of like i didn't drink enough the shirt rubbed my socks gave me blisters blah 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 but then also i can see like look your heart rate was at 160 by hour three and then you walked for the last hour so now we have the data we need to say this is probably what it's going to take over this kind of terrain and this is what you should start out at um i got a question though about steve so if steve is doing like
1: three hour runs in base phase, like for our die hard base training, old school, you know, people that trained with heart rate monitors before you could upload any data. Those people, they're thinking base phase is when you go long. Right? So why are you going faster? I'm just asking, like, why are you going why are you going longer in event specific? Is because the specificity of the event, like the main difference is that it is longer?
0: Or like, what are we doing around that longer run? Yeah, the specificity of it is that it is longer because I haven't I haven't met someone who can do five hour runs from the base phase through to the next twelve weeks of event specific. It's gotcha. Uh, it's far too far, far too demanding to even just like mentally. So some some athletes I might um, they might say oh I've got this cool you know loop or this height this run I want to do and so we can factor that in but but oh three hours is very manageable you know Matt I don't know what you would suggest the percentages of completion of a of a training plan would be on average especially for someone who's not self coached it's not like you know specifically tailored to their like needs. Um, but it's it's less than eighty percent. I don't know. You can't. But you. Can't. But anyway, anyway, like, yeah, you can't. the The target is the fact that that length replicates intensity as it would for someone who is going to do a half marathon. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, I guess I overlooked the point of how
1: difficult like a long run is because with cycling a six-hour ride like you're good right you'll be fine soon like the next day potentially if you're really well trained yeah um i guess running is just that much harder so like we still might spend do those massive rides in the off season even like as we get event specific as well so i guess that that's where that difference comes but in with your question before, some athletes follow a training plan to a T. Yes, all right. So you need to be like this is where it's like tricky to, to, um, to kind of plan in if someone's like oh they might not follow this one so, or they might do extra here or something like that because some people
0: do it exactly as it's written. Um, I wish yeah, like all it. all of my plans have like descriptions to allow for both yeah like over the years i've developed it's soon to be fully completed like 200 plus plans and i've added in like my knowledge base yeah so you can click through you can read uh, oh, okay i see what I, i'm doing here because some people yeah they're just gonna if there's some training peaks they're just gonna do it it's gonna go green and it's gonna be ideal but then other people you're gonna be like i don't know is this more important or is this more important yeah well i've done this so does that mean i shouldn't do that now because this one was optional anyway um yeah so going through to event specific is for the ultra is that event specific thing is and then if you're doing 100 like steve might be doing 100 miles so now we've got you know 100 miles is going to be like 30 hours Does that take that long? It takes that long. Like, man, like generally like the belt buckle. If you've seen those for on completion of like the major, that was that ultra I was trying to tell you about. Yeah. I don't remember why we were talking about it, but because the Western States. Ah, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you got to go under 24 hours to get some of these, like special, special finishing. It's like you are cool. If you get the belt buckle under, mm. but if you don't go in 24 hours, you get something. You, you don't get it. Right. So 24 hours is like, you're, you're going really quick. So 30 hours is pretty average, pretty average. You know, I mean, that in the, there's most possible way. nicest way possible. <laughs> uh, you can't, again, you can't train for 30 hours. And we yeah. have a look at the average pace and that's like over 10-minute Ks. I didn't even know what that would be in minutes per mile. 16. Mm. You know, we used to approach mountain bike races because I used to do a lot of the 24-hour hour mountain hours, bike races. Yeah.
1: And you don't train for 24 hours, right? Like unless like your training might be the race that you did like three months ago that you're still tired from <laughs> or something like that. There's this dude, I forget it. His name was Cameron something or other. He raced for Gary Fisher. Oh, yeah. At the time, Gary Fisher was separate. He used to do like 24-hour training rides on a single speed, I think. Like one gear. And he yeah, he used to write on his blog about like these massive saddle sores that he had. Um he was really good. <laughs> That's like all I remember from his blog is his saddle sores stories. <laughs> but uh, no one else was training twenty four hours. Right. So the world champion Chris Etoff who like lived kind of in the area. We all used to race the local XC scene together. I think he was like seven-time world champion. He used to like just kind of train normally and do like 100-mile mountain bike races once in a while and like do local XC races. So those 100-mile mountain bike races weren't taking that long, like maybe seven hours, which like we said, like on on a bike, if you're really, really highly trained, it's hard, but you can recover you know, obviously it's going to vastly depend on how trained you are, but, um, he wasn't training for 24 hours. I guess that's the point. He would do like two of those per year. So if you're talking like Steve's ultra is going to take 24 or 30 hours, he's obviously not going to train that much because he has
0: three to four days a week. Yeah. We, uh, so I've worked with plenty of athletes in that realm and we're not going more than eight hours. Right. So you, Again, you've got to find you're you're managing fatigue and aerobic and physical conditioning, so you have to be able to recover. You have to be able to recover, otherwise you're sick or you're injured and you're not getting to the start line. So you you can't... We talked a lot about this, actually, when we said I'd signed up for the 24-hour national champs, but you're going to slow down hundred percent and what happens after a certain amount of time 16 hours like you don't know you don't know you who knows how you're going to handle that and you can't train for it because you'll dig yourself into the biggest hole trying to run for 16 hours to find out if you can keep running or you're more of like a hike (laughs) jog you know um and also matt you've been in 24 hours there's low highs and lows there's like lows and highs <laughs> <laughs> there's uh points where you think this is it might as well pull out but then you come back and you're like going faster than you were f- a few hours ago um and that is the journey that is ultra running right so that's something you're gonna be you so you're philosophical now enter into later uh so um yeah, besides maybe like two elite athletes that I've worked with who are, who are going to be able to run and we need to figure out how they're going to be able to run the whole entire thing. Most people, it's like, how can we ensure that you don't slow down? Right? Yeah. So how can I ensure that you are mentally and physically prepared for everything that's going to be thrown at you on, on race day? And so that is like, yeah, doing a seven-hour run and then the next day, running on a flat train for two hours and she's just like smoking your legs so it's like look this is so now we've we've only only done like nine hours of training uh, over a weekend which is manageable when it's well trained like well planned out and you've got exposure to the level of muscle soreness you're going to have and how and exposure to how hard it is going to be physically and mentally to actually run so that you know right at the beginning you need to chill yeah. out that's a good lesson to learn i think like
1: one of the things that i'm hearing is like that's really consistent among whatever sport you're training for is that when you get to the event specific phase it's going to be hard like your specific sessions are going to be hard hard and when you're training hard you do need to make sure that you don't have a lot of other hard sessions right so we're we're focused a lot on rest whether that's easy exercise or actual rest and we're focused on those hard sessions that are a lot like what our event's actually going to be yeah and that's i think good rule of thumb for event specific but you mentioned earlier that like a month-long taper so you're tapering for a month? Is Steve going to taper for a month? Cuz that's uh, our next one. So we got base, event specific and then taper.
0: Yeah, so we get through the event specific and we're not doing those every weekend. They'll probably be every second weekend and then we'll incorporate like a long run overnight. Again, like he's, he's going to be running through the night, so we need to just prepare for that. But that's going to make you massively tired. So we we just alter things around that. So he's going to get through that event specific phase having done like all of figured out what kit works got all the chafing all the blisters out of the way you know all the night terrors and the hallucinations of done and now we're now into time to taper so with taper uh you you want to be the the goal is to maintain fitness and maximize freshness
1: yeah that's key right, right? i just I, it's really important to note here this is part of training right so <laughs> like base, event-specific, taper, we're saying, okay, time to like recover, right? Like get a bit of rest in there. Yeah. Resting is training, right?
0: It is. So the with the ultra running, the fitness component is not as large. So actually I was just reading a, a research article that came out last year and they were saying for 100 miles, The biggest predictor of performance was cross training so it was actually just kind of like your ability to continue to move Mm. so by cross training you developed um you know your i guess your well yes your cardiovascular system but also like some of these other stabilizing different muscle groups that you end up using when you've exhausted everything for the last mm, that's interesting 20 you have to hours. send it to me can you post that in the description actually i'll put that in that's a great yeah. idea um because it wasn't speed at training or training it at, at a particular speed or particular vo2 max percentage vo2 max lactate threshold uh, none of those like you know marathon performance measures so you're telling Steve like you you
1: need to play tennis too or something. Yeah, or you need to like. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, interesting. Yeah, because you go mountain biking and stuff. Yep. And yep. what other cross training do you do?
0: Uh, I, I know you were throwing around some iron not that long ago. I was actually, yeah. <laughs> and last last summer I did a swimming three three k four k it was almost four k swimming event Sheesh. open water. Yeah, and obviously play with my son. He's like a bag of potatoes. So just lifting, turning yeah. him around. Chasing him you around. Know, like fun. <laughs> yeah. It's <That sounds laughs> um, <weird. laughs> Uh So in the taper, are you for an ultra? If you have any fatigue in your system, in your legs, it's going to come through. It will come through. Yeah. Man, I have been just absolutely flying in some sessions, like some, you know, like some tempo sessions or like a, the local 5k running series. And then I've gotten into some events over four hours. And I was like, there it is. I wasn't ready for this. Mm. I just wasn't. So four weeks out is where we'll do the biggest session. Okay. The biggest four weeks out. Wow. Yeah. So we're, that's yeah, and then maybe like me um i've done 10 oh like 100k ultras um now i can go three weeks out but even then it'll depend on how my training's been going for me to be able to rid my myself of that fatigue but still we're still gonna like if we're four weeks out and we do whatever eight hours or maybe like a back-to-back six hours, something like that. Um, The week after, we're still doing four hours. Which is, if we think back to base training, not far removed from what we're doing on base training. So we should be able to like, now in the taper for the final month, we're like, we're, we're juggling conditioning. How do we ensure that we maintain conditioning to run for 20 plus hours, but then also get on the start line being like, man, I'm just, can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that is tricky, you know, with cyclists and mountain bikers obviously.
1: We like our tapers aren't that long, and that's because our event-specific stuff isn't as huge. So like even if we do need to do like a 6-hour ride to prepare for that big event, they can recover a lot quicker. So we're talking like a 2 or 3 week taper kind of depending on the
0: rider yeah I Health have a um I'm not sure if I have a blog but I'll link to the video I did on tapering so kind of said like yeah like 5k you can do like no taper yeah <laughs> almost you know because it's going to take whatever around 20 minutes or so and you just need to be a bit fresh so just chill out but you probably weren't running for four hours the weekend before either right right so but then, when you start to yeah do half marathon, marathon, you start need to work back because the last session you did was probably like a few hour banger, yeah. And and you need to, need to chill out on that, yeah. So um, with, and within with tapers,
1: the... yeah you with go. tapers, I guess what we're doing is we're hitting those. It's event specific again, but we are focused more on rest.
0: Like yeah, so we're trying to maintain what needs to be maintained like what is this if it's speed and anaerobic work capacity we're trying to maintain that and we're just like we don't need long stuff when you're trying to do a 20 minute all out yeah no need let's get rid of that and that will get rid of the fatigue that we are worried about and that will increase our freshness but we can keep hitting those ruthless sessions to keep the anaerobic work capacity in ruthless (laughs) (laughs) and um and then with an ultra it's yeah kind of the same again like we need to keep that conditioning who cares how fast you can run who cares like was that taxing you a little bit get rid of it like yeah let's chill let's cruise um and yeah
1: so how do you see the race phase being different than the taper phase Uh, So, because that, so that's next, right? So we. Well, so the reason
0: we put that in there was, it's it's no different for like the race is just the race for an ultra, but like if you're doing the track season, I guess we could have put season, maybe. Yeah, this is something that like we've been thinking about a lot.
1: Obviously, like because in New Zealand, uh, the race season got pushed back so much, so. The races, like, because lockdowns, they got pushed from, like, October, November to, like, now everything is in January, February. Oh, yeah. So, like, back to back to back to back to back to back. (laughs) Like, ending with two stage races. Back to back. So, it's, like, pretty insane. So, like, we're focused. Okay, we did our base, and then we did our event specific. The events got canceled. Okay, luckily, we didn't taper, so we can keep training. But now we got this massive race period obviously we need to taper in uh because there's like an important event to start but then we need to like stay fit throughout these two months that's a tough job right i'm like yeah banging my head against the wall like trying to figure out what to do but like one of the things that always sticks into my head is we looked at um what kieran had done for his like when he was doing all the X terras, yeah all right and then we looked at his um his ctl chart and training peaks and his fitness just like it just went down all year right his (laughs) fitness quote air quotes fitness but he like raced well all year right so he stopped doing these really hard or really long sessions and he focused on rest all through this race period this race season and he continued to perform really well because he had like this massive fitness built up. It didn't actually disappear as it
0: looked like on the chart. And some of the things we talked about within the course was that you can kind of use the same cyclic phase within the actual race season. So you do a race and you're like, okay, need to do the recovery. You do a little bit of the base or event specific taper into the next race and so this it just becomes more. It's the it's the micro, meso, uh, macro cycles of of training, yeah. and yeah, the taper stuff. We also talked about the compensation, super compensation, overreaching, overtraining. Um, again, like other warm, you know, additional topics that all overlay yeah. this. There is a lot more to this, right?
1: Because we did a whole module on it. I don't even know. How long that was. Um,
0: this well, is just more like... efficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we weren't like discussing it; we were just presenting it. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, for if you if you're really interested in this kind of stuff and you want a resource, it's you purchase this course, you have it forever, and there's all these like short three to five minute clips on all these different particular topics that we're discussing here, um, as well as the slides, but for this yeah so the race map for an ultra that's is that's it you don't yeah uh, you know if we think about um that transition from like taper event specific to taper for an ultra we may do a a short ultra like you may do a 50k not with the goal of like smashing your pb or outperforming like optimizing your performance to go get in there get a race in because you know racing is different to training and just yeah expo- but come on no one's gonna go in and like n-
1: race to not get their pb yeah what
0: why even do the race why don't you just train no because you don't get the exposure to or having all of the people around and like like making poor decisions <laughs> and like <laughs> so that's well, a good point making
1: poor decisions yeah Like pacing like totally wrong
0: Yep. right yeah that's the one because when you have a series of events you know you don't like i i was doing some track running and there's an event every weekend i can stuff it up and do it again next weekend you you do one ultra a year you know you do 100 mile a year don't stuff that up (laughs) don't stuff
1: that up runners and triathletes have like such a different approach like mountain bikers and cyclists were like well, this is what I do. I'm going to race every single weekend. And if I do both, I'm going to do both every weekend. But like triathletes are like, yeah, I have one race coming up in 2025 and I'm training 30 hours a week for it. Like what? <laughs> That's
0: <laughs> some, some are like that. Some are, um, yeah, but you're right. Like I do not recommend that because you know what it's like. Your first event, uh, we have so much content on pacing because <laughs> people get it wrong every single
1: time i was thinking about this every day i was like what's the one thing that you could do like the cheapest thing you could do to get like 10 percent better it's like actually focus on your pacing it's like the cheapest thing you could buy is you know you yep. get way better just by pacing properly yeah we've driven that one into the ground
0: by now talking <laughs> about it <laughs> uh, and in an ultra and like 100 miles like the consequences are dire <laughs> my consequences yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was literally almost helicoptered out of the forest like, like I was, five k's from home yeah it was um so you could you could be thinking you're gonna do 26 hours and you can end up doing 32 hours like that's the level of whereas yeah you do a bike race you get dropped and you didn't want to get dropped so you ended up either like maybe pulling out or just like rolling home it's it's not like you still have to run 40 k's <laughs> yeah Ew. on top of the 120 k's you've just run too fast yeah uh so so then so we have the race however that goes it goes then we have recovery now this is important yeah say it again this is important no what what it's called recovery and then say this is important (laughs) yes recovery is important and so the two situations i've been in where i have not listened to your own advice yes or you or my or my wife or the books literature everything pretty much both scenarios you're going to find yourself in one i raced incredibly well and i thought
1: what's next superman
0: yeah what's next i feel fine next one was i raced horribly and i wanted to like get back out there and redeem myself um Uh. in recent in recent times i have like for ultras i've been like nope like i've even like scaled back on all my commitments outside of training just because i know like the level of mental and physical fatigue uh just exertion you you put out on race day even just like the couple days beforehand when there's these massive events um is phenomenal and you can't you don't you don't realize it till till later Until you go to do your other event, you go, oh, yeah, I'm not. Or you try to get into, you know, the third or fourth week of base phase and you're like, Ah, yeah, I am wrecked. Yeah, it hits you eventually. Nothing's for free. Yeah. I remember this podcast.
1: It is definitely for free. And the only way to support it is to buy um, a course or training plan from us, but uh, with the recovery phase, I remember after I did my first ever 24 hour race, I got second and finished in a sprint finish. I won the sprint, so I beat the guy for third. But, yeah, uh, not like I lost the sprint, right? I lost <laughs> the race, not the sprint. But the next weekend, I raced a cross country race. There was no thought of like, this is when I have a break, right? Because it's <laughs> like base race season from March to October right and you're doing every race right i never thought like once thought like i need to rest until i was so deep in a hole that i couldn't get out for like 3 years right it sounds like a made up story but it's like totally true and i just dug myself a hole for months and months and months because i didn't actually focus on that recovery and the problem was and this is like one of the problems is like you, you need to think of recovery as like mental recovery as well as physical recovery. And when you're dealing with a highly motivated individual, you can't convince them that they're ever going to need uh, any sort of extra motivation because they're so highly motivated that they can't even fathom that they would need more motivation. And that, that's where I was. And that, motivated, that motivation actually lasted for like quite a long time. Because you can, like, I don't know. I don't know where it came from. There's, like, no point. But I was so motivated that nothing demotivated me, even when I was performing, like, extremely poorly or, like, overtraining and things like that. But now when I look at it, when I'm dealing with highly motivated and visual, which all my athletes are, we're putting in a recovery period because you're going to need it. Like you're gonna need to draw on additional motivation at some point because training is gonna get hard again because we're training for for that next event. Like we're already looking ahead. Like what is that next one? Okay, we're pulling back now because you can't stay motivated forever. Like I love Michael Buble, right? You do, <laughs> but I'm not yeah. gonna I'm not gonna listen to Michael Buble every day for the rest of my life, right? Because uh-huh. I'm just gonna get sick of. I mean, it's Christmas, so like, you know, go hard but not forever cuz you're going to get like get tired of it you're going to want something fresh something new so like having that break from from Michael Bublé now like could potentially ensure that you love Michael Bublé forever and that's always the goal with athletes so when we think about this recovery is as much physical as it is mental that's
0: the way I look at it yeah you want to be proactive not reactive yeah um yeah i just I'm wondering if the motivation was also addiction because you know when like we we've got our episode on our overtraining experiences and I'm thinking back and I'm like how was I like I was putting on weight I was performing worse and worse and I was training more and more and like every poor performance motivated me more to do more like yeah and crazy Crazy chronic fatigue, but was just nothing was stopping me. Yeah. Nothing was stopping me on my journey. Yeah. <laughs> to get to the destination tomorrow. Yep. And yeah. And that's it's hard. We, it's, it's why,
1: like, maybe we are, maybe there's something wrong with us or something <laughs> that we
0: like will continue to keep going. But, but you learn. Yeah. Right. So just the other week, I was like, I was telling you how I didn't want to stop training. Like I had a down week planned. You're like, oh, the Superman effect. Yep. Like I just got a, I did like my 3000 meter PB. And the next day I did a 40K run. Yeah. So, cause I'm doing, I like to incorporate speed. Well, for my ultra build up. I've got about eight weeks to Tatawera now. Um, And I was like, I just want to keep going. I feel You're like I fun. am Superman. And so that was – so, yeah, I had, I had the down week, forced myself. I said, no, no. And uh, then I had another three-week block, which I've just just finished. Last week, I needed every ounce of mental energy to get me through that week. Like, honestly, I, I felt physically, I was, my runs are all my, my power outputs, heart rates was low. Like, I'm fit. I'm real fit. But I really couldn't be bothered. Like you know it rained all yeah. week uh and it's summer here and then then like I'm, we're, we're about to yes it's almost christmas so we're about to go on holiday and i've got a lot of loose ends i need to tie up before i leave and then i i had a six hour run <laughs> on saturday and it's like i'd rather not do it i'd rather like you know so now i've got to do the six hour run plus everything else but yeah if I tried to train through, no way. No way. My whole training would have been like in pieces by now. Yeah. It's always better to err on the side of recovery.
1: And that's what I find. Like, yep. Okay. Well, then we'll recover. It's like, okay, let's stop talking about it. Like, it's not an th- issue anymore. Like, we're going to recover. Because that is like, like, you tell me like, um, and this is where we kind of really depend on the athlete to be open and honest and like trust that the decision that's going to be made next is for the purpose of being better, not for the purpose of like making you slower. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I do have like some athletes, like they don't want to hear the word recovery, whether it's like a recovery week or recovery between events. And then, you know, they do it a few times and like, all right, now I get it. But then still like it is, difficult like when you have that really good feeling or maybe potentially a bad feeling to think that recovery
0: is the best thing for me yeah well you'd look at um taper is the same like when I was putting my plan together I was just like planning out when I would do my last run and I'm looking I'm like looking on the calendar and I see like three weeks from my last big run to to the race and I'm thinking there's no way I can hold fitness for No, you know what you're thinking is you're thinking,
1: I only have three weeks left to train. Yeah. Right? But that's not it, right? That's not it because this whole, this training thing is a cycle, right? So you start at base and then you kind of eventually come back to base. And we consider all of that training. That means tapering's training, racing's training, recovery's training, base's training, event-specific phase's training, right? And all of it is training. So just because your final like big workout as part of your training plan for your major event, because that is in three weeks. That doesn't mean you're done training. Right. That's you're done doing the big stuff. And it's time to like actually reap the benefits of all the hard work that you've done. So yeah. I know I know you know that, but I'm just (laughs) saying like that's that's the that's important point is like you don't have just three weeks left to train. You have eight weeks until your event or whatever it is. Mm.
0: And like this is all training yeah no it's um but that is one of those things that is hard for these large pinnacle events like an iron (sighs) man you gotta you gotta pull it back for a few weeks and you think the last time i did a you know six plus hour session was many weeks ago and now i have got to do that faster but we know how it works we know how physiology works (laughs) So, you just got to trust the process, I guess. And that's, um, yeah. And then, and then we're after the recovery, we're back into the, the base, which could also be yeah, like maintenance or whatever. And, and we do it all again for the rest of our lives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's like the definition of insanity do the same thing. Now, like, obviously, year to year, you make small changes, you find new weaknesses. You have new events. Change the events, yeah. Yeah, COVID.
0: <laughs> this is it going to be an excuse for like the next eight years? Yeah, yeah. It's why well, my like, camelback hasn't arrived for the last three months. <laughs> 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 yeah. All right, Matt. That'll, that'll so, do us. Yeah, th- cool. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, everyone. If you're listening to this uh, over that period. Yeah, and if you're watching this on Spotify video,
1: see ya. (laughs) Give you the thumbs up.